following podcast contains references to the consumption of alcohol. If you are not of legal drinking age, please do not consume alcohol. Also, if you are of legal drinking age, please drink responsibly. Welcome to Rhetorical Magic Cocktail Hour. My name is Matthew, and my favorite fictional alien is Mac from Mac and Me. And I'm Ryan, and my favorite alien is Alf from Alf. (laughs) (laughs) What is Mac and Me? Why do I not know that? It's like the weird 80s knockoff of uh, E.T., but with like a McDonald's sponsorship, (laughs) vaguely. They did a Does Mac look like theater. gritty? Why do I think about gritty? No. He looks like um, ET if ET was sponsored more by McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, there's oh. a mystery science theater where they watch it. Yeah. It's a Buck Wild movie. <laughs> um, but yeah. He. He resurrects a boy, Ryan. Good for A boy him. dies in a fiery explosion and he resurrects it. Spoilers. Sorry. Jennifer was Jennifer Aniston in that movie? And why is Paul Rudd popping so. up with Mac and Me? Was Paul Rudd in that? Because no, because he has like a goof on Conan when whenever he shows a clip, he shows a clip of Mac and Me instead of the movie he's promoting. Okay. That's funny. Oh god, there's yeah. like a grown up version that's bad. That's that's his parents. <laughs> they die on Mars or something, and then they come back to find him, and wreak havoc. Why did you make me look at? Oh, it's like if it's a Gollum and ET had a baby, and then I hated it. Yes, yes, perfect analogy. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we're not talking about Mac and me today. <laughs> um, and before we get into our topic. This is a show where we have a drink, and we try to be succinct, and then we talk about Mac and me for 15 minutes, um, and uh, that was my attempt at a segue, but then I started talking about Mac and me again. <laughs> so, uh, what are you drinking today, Ryan? Um, I am finishing the drink I was... <laughs> this is so weird because it comes out like two weeks later. <laughs> Time is an illusion. <laughs> We recorded a couple episodes together, and I'm finishing the drink I made before because I don't want to get too wild with it this evening. So, Mm -hmm. what are you drinking, Matthew? I'm drinking a sweet sunrise, which is a tequila sunrise minus the tequila. So it's orange juice and grenadine. That was actually the drink I was going to make tonight because it references a solar system thing, but... So we almost accidentally did the same drink. Hey, look at us. We can pretend that I did. Who knows? Maybe I'll quit halfway through and be like, nah, I want a tequila sunrise. I'm just going to go make that real quick. But um, No, because this is the one time where we're not the same person. Because <laughs> <laughs> every other episode, we've been the same person. 
as proven by all the quizzes we've ever taken. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's what we're sipping on. We're just kind of doing whatever's around because things are buck wild at the moment. Peace. But by the time this airs, Ryan will have her second vaccine. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So she That's will be good. We'll have her second vaccine and be two weeks out. So Ryan will be fully vaccinated mm-hmm. and safe for the general public. She will be maintaining That's social good. distancing practices and will probably wear a mask for the next year and a half. Mm-hmm. Or however long it takes for her to feel safe outside again. <laughs> yeah, it's like, that's a generous time frame, but... <laughs> it is. It um, is. But yeah. So Ryan will be able to get Buckwild to her heart's content <laughs> around the time this comes out. Hooray! So yeah, today <laughs> we're talking about aliens. aliens in a little special episode that we like to call Cryptids 2, It's Aliens This Time. <laughs> if you haven't listened to our Cryptids episode, good on ya, don't. <laughs> we were still figuring stuff out. Not that we got it figured out at this point. I, was like, I don't feel like we've learned anything, but... We try. The audio quality has gotten somewhat better. <laughs> um, but yeah, today we are talking about aliens. So we've each, in theory, prepared. Uh, Is that a job some at encounters. Me? No, it's a jab at me. <laughs> <laughs> By prepared, I mean I looked up and read two sources. <laughs> One two sources per alien. Yeah. Oh. One of, well, one of them was Wikipedia for both, so... <laughs> okay, yeah, then I guess I technically looked up two sources, too. But yeah, so um, we're each going to pr- present an encounter, and we're going to analyze encounter, and then we're going to, you know, just hang out and have a good time. <laughs> uh, this is a Matthew episode, that so that means it's going to be... Real, real stream of consciousness, jazzy, like freeform. We love it. Freeform, <laughs> yeah. Freeform podcasting. Um, so first off, Ryan, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on UFOs and aliens? Okay, I'm gonna answer your question with a question. Um, that's not really how that's gonna work. I'm just gonna ask you like a follow-up question. What are your thoughts on ancient aliens? And I do need to know them before I get into it. Um I mean I don't really feel strongly about ancient aliens. I think as a plot to a book, it's interesting, but I don't think it happened in real life. Okay. Good. So we're on I feel, it. I I believe in the human mind enough to say ancient Egyptians probably knew how to build a pyramid without aliens. Okay, so good. Yeah. We're, we're on the same wavelength there. Uh, do I believe aliens exist? Yes. Do I think that they've come to Earth? Probably not. Like, the jury's still out on that one. Um, I feel like 
I don't know. The jury's still out on that one. Um, I hate Ancient Aliens. I used to like it, and now it just makes me angry when I think about it. Because all it... (laughs) All it does is take, like, these, like, pre-industrialization civilizations and just say, like, there's no way they could have thought of that. They're too... They're too stupid. Because they're not, like, typically, like, Caucasian, Anglo-Saxon, like... There's no way they could have figured out plumbing before people in when people in London 200 years later hadn't figured it out. Like, shut the fuck up. Yes, they could have. <laughs> it's not that like it's not that deep, friends. It's not. I absolutely hate that they try to be like there's no way that these ancient civilizations could have done this when it like they you can like see bits of the process and like the start of using tools. Like they were just gifted to these civilizations. It's just like a very mm-hmm white gentrifying way to look at history and it's gross now like i used to like humor and be like oh yeah that's funny like what if and now i'm like no like that's just it's just lazy writing (laughs) um yeah i used to watch ancient aliens because i thought georgio sukalos was funny but now it also just makes me sad (laughs) um I will also agree with you that I do think it's probable that there is life on other planets. I don't think it's probable that they've come to Earth, because that seems like hitting a needle in a haystack. Yeah, and that's kind of where I am with it. Like Statistically, it is impossible that the Earth as we know it is the only place where like sentient life exists. Mm-hmm. Um do I think that there's sentient life that's more advanced and less advanced somewhere out in the universe? Statistically, yes. Like, there has to be. Like, there's no way that we could be the only ones. Do I think that there's, like, sentient life in this solar system aside from us? No, we're barely sentient, honestly. <laughs> like, humanity yeah. sucks. Um, so, probably not. I think that we've done enough exploring of the solar system and gotten enough pictures to... To get the gist, um, but elsewhere for sure, I like they exist. Like I believe yeah. in it. Technically, they're not aliens though, because they live on their home world. <laughs> yeah, they're aliens in reference to Earth. Mm-hmm. They're they're beings from other worlds. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I'm glad that we're in consensus 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 yeah i was afraid for a second that you were like secretly like very alien oriented a truther (laughs) (laughs) my okay my general philosophy with like conspiracy theories and ufos and cryptids and all of that is that like they're fun to think about are they necessarily real no probably not (laughs) so what you're saying is your belief is March Simpson holding up a picture of cryptids and aliens and stuff and just saying, I think they're neat. I do. Like, I think they're neat. <laughs> I think that they're really interesting stories. Um, I just don't think that, like, aliens really care about what we, like, they don't care enough to, like, probe our bodies and, fig- like. That's another thing. That's, like, it's a very human, like, thought process to be like, oh, these people they're super interested in us. They're studying us all the time and we're 
That, and it's also uniquely human to, like, look at lesser forms and just automatically try to experiment on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's also true. Sorry that we have let's not get practices. In, <laughs> let's not get into the ethics of <laughs> experimentation on this episode. We've, it, we've proved in the past we're not <laughs> equipped for big questions We're not equipped, show. but boy, am I fired up. Oh. <laughs> No, but like it's just it's it's silly to me and the way that i view like sentience like the next evolution in human sentience is going to go beyond the need for like experience like it's closer to like self-actualization so like you don't need to harm other entities and beings for the sake of knowledge you're comfortable where you are so uh do you think it's going to be like in 2001 where you just turn into a giant space baby God, I hope so. That would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, to be a giant space baby. Is that the episode title? <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> so anyway, let's say we get into some alleged UFO encounters. And alien encounters. Also, quick side note. Hate the phrase UFO. <laughs> okay. That just means an that just means an object flying that you don't know what it is. So like if you it doesn't have a shit understanding of the world, pretty much anything can be a UFO. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You see a bird and it's like, oh, what was that? Is a UFO. Is aliens. Which though we do know that the birds aren't real, so Yeah, that is I know that I just talked a big game about but that one is real. Uh, that one's real. It's not a conspiracy theory if it's real. No, it's not. Just like the um, MK Ultra, like it used to be a conspiracy theory, but then we learned that the CIA actually did all that shit. So, you know. So, um, would you like to present the first case, or would you like me to? I would like you to. <laughs> okay. So. My first case goes a little something like this. Jazz. Okay. <laughs> so um, the first case I'm going to talk about is called the McMillanville Photographs. Mm. And so basically, back in the year of our Lord, 1950-something, <laughs> um, a woman named Evelyn Trent... Uh, spotted something flying across the sky and she called to her husband whose name I do not have written down <laughs> to go grab the camera so they could take pictures and they took two pictures of the object in question and then they promptly waited because their film roll was not done was not <laughs> taken up <laughs> which I, I love that part of the story it's like they took two pictures of something flying across the sky that they didn't know what it was. But then they were just like, we're not going to get this developed yet. We still have like three pictures left on this thing. <laughs> so, so they took three pictures at, I believe it said, a Mother's Day event. And then they got the film developed. And after they did, they got a couple pictures, which I'm going to attempt to screen share one of them with you. And... Can you see anything? Not at the moment. There we go. 
There we go. So that speck in the sky? Oh, this is a website. Yeah, this, there's like, so basically both the pictures are, imagine a black and white scene from the Grapes of Wrath, but then in the middle of the sky, there's just like a circle or an oval. Mm -hmm. And that's the pictures. So um, initially, I don't think they really like told anybody about it or anything, but somehow the local paper found out about it and they're like, hey, can we publish these pictures? Hmm. And they were just like, okay, sure, I guess so. So then that got published and then as happens, the Air Force got involved. And um, I think it was like in 1967, the Air Force did like a big um, look into UFOs and aliens and determining if UFOs were like actually aliens or not, or if they were just Earth, whatever. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, they took a look at the photographs as sort of uh, part of that investigation, is the word. And uh, the physicist that they had lead the investigation was said that uh, he was not convinced that they were a hoax. Because he said that the Trents, who were the farmers that took the pictures, seemed genuine about having seen them and they didn't really like they didn't seek out uh notoriety for him they just kind of had him so um he wasn't convinced that they were hoax but people have kind of posited that the they could have fabricated the pictures because in the pictures there's like some electrical lines above the shape it and the shape almost looks like a rear view mirror from i don't remember the model but of like a ford truck so they said that that could have been what they did but nobody is for sure and supposedly the wife evel or the farmer evelyn trent had seen shapes in the sky before but that would have just been the first time that they photographed them Hmm. so yeah okay thoughts somebody chucked a hunk of something in the sky (laughs) yeah that's kind of where i'm at too it's like it it seems likely that they could have just hung a mirror from a line and Took a picture of that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Yeah, it... Is this just going to be us debunking? <laughs> I mean, I, I did look up, like, debunk theories of both of my cases, so... Okay. Yeah. Um, would you mind stop sharing screen? Because it's very strange watching myself speak. <laughs> I don't know if I can. There we go. There we go. There's that beautiful friend Sorry. of mine. So, that was my first case in about five minutes. <laughs> um, so, what is your first case, Ryan? So, my first case is the Betty and Barney Hill encounter. 
I think is what like the official title is. The yeah. Um so basically it was this couple who had gone on a impromptu road trip in mm. September of 1961 and as they were driving at night they they claimed that they hadn't seen a car for miles uh, and a strange light in the sky seemed to follow them and then they finally like got home they lived in Portsmouth oh god I don't remember the state Maine, Massachusetts. Sure. <laughs> it sounds like a New Englandy name. <laughs> um and when they got home, like they just felt off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like they felt like their bodies were messed with and <clears throat> strange. And so eventually what they did is they had sought out counseling because like they um uh, Betty started having, like, very vivid dreams, <clears throat> and Barney uh, had such bad anxiety that he started developing ulcers, mm. like, after this had happened to them. And so, oh my gosh, this is where it gets uh, hinky. They seek out a psychiatrist who is known for hypnotism. And I'm not going to name the psychiatrist because, one, I don't think that it's super relevant. Two, we've proven that hypnotism, the verdict's out on hypnotism as, like, a practice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I just, I don't want to, like, people to, like, look into him and being like, oh, he's a proprietor. Mm-hmm. Um, and they start uncovering, like, that Betty had gone under, like, medical examinations. They start talking about, like, little gray men being in a spaceship it feels very like found memory to me which mm-hmm. was more prominent a couple decades after this had happened well a decade after i guess and the psychiatrist was just like we have to like tell people about this we have to like we have to inform the public so pretty quickly like six years later it became a book and that's where, it, like, it just, it feels publicity. It doesn't feel very effective. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels more like somebody was in it for the for the notoriety. Yeah. And um, they, they called the Air Force and they investigated. And oh my goodness, it begins. So it begins. So it begins. They were so good for the first episode and now they're going to be little goblins. <laughs> Um, where was I? The the book had come out. Yeah, the book had come out and it got mixed reviews. The book was told in such a way, though, that it kind of like set the tone for how you talk about potential encounters. And it kind of became like the formula for how people write about them. Mm -hmm. So that's like it, it happened early on enough to where it was just... It sort of set the... Yes, it, it set the tone for, like, how how we talk about it and how people write about it today, even. And so, like, my biggest issue with it is, like, the recovered memory aspect. Like, like I had said earlier, that was a pretty common trend 
in like the 80s so like of course it would have started a few decades before mm-hmm. but yeah i just i don't i don't believe it i don't really know what yeah um it seems like there was a a chance for maybe the psychiatrist to kind of lead him on maybe oh, for sure and yeah and maybe it wasn't uh, up to par <laughs> so to speak yeah and like they had talked about and like the things that they had talked about were pretty that had happened were pretty gross i mean like they talked pretty extensively about the examinations themselves mm-hmm. um but it is what we know today is like pretty standard what you hear from an abduction like an, mm-hmm. an abduction in air yeah. quotes um so like the like the clothes removed taking samples of hair nails skin scrapings which is a phrase i absolutely hate oh yeah it reminds me do you, did you ever see that infomercial of the thing that you use on your foot that takes away calluses and it just like peels a layer of skin off yes that's what i'm imagining and i hate it (laughs) um and like uh the book came out and they kind of like began like they kind of became the formula for how you talk about that stuff but Mm -hmm. they weren't the first people at that point to have like spotted a ufo or like report an abduction um but it was it became like it was so wildly publicized like it it shaped a lot of stuff so like that's kind of why i want to talk because it was very like what we now see as formulaic Mm -hmm. it it was the i don't want to say trendsetter but maybe like mold setter for yeah it encounters it for sure was like yeah it's just how we frame it now um a lot of people say that like an abduction is possible but they like contribute it to like people um they didn't seem to be like a group of people that did drugs but if they went away in a hurry (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah that part seems because yeah they they left in a hurry and they left so quickly that they only had like 70 dollars between the two of them in their pocket which back then like that's like you could probably get like a hotel room and like have a nice Mm -hmm. little trip for a weekend Um... getaway um but like the the quick leaving and then like not really having a lot of memory like i don't know what was happening before that but i don't know a lot of people who just like spontaneous road trips are a thing but i don't know many people who like leave so quickly they couldn't like stop by a bank or have you ever heard of it reminds me of like this weird thing that happened in australia where like a family like just randomly started driving and they were convinced that they needed to leave the country like the mom and dad were and so like they like took their made their kids like throw their phones off like the side of the road and yeah yeah that's what that kind of reminds me of i don't know enough about the story to like i don't it's there's a name for it but it's just like a basically without having any knowledge of psychological things (laughs) it's like you basically have like a stress panic episode where like you become convinced that something's 
after you. That's not thing. Like, if he had anxiety so bad after that he, like, had experienced ulcers, like, there's a chance that he has a history of anxiety. They also note, like, his IQ. Like, he's, like, a like an intelligent man. Mm-hmm. And intelligence and mental illness, there's a correlation. I'm not going to say that, like, they're connected, but, like, they're, mm-hmm. like... Intelligent there, people. There's a correlation. Yeah, for sure. Um, so it could, it very well could have been like a stress-induced anxiety, and then if you're if like I had a partner and they came home and they're like, "Hey, we're going now," and like we just left, like it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, some people say that they were abducted, but probably by humans. And the aliens are just kind of like how they how they processed it. Because I mean, people yeah. like I mean, losing time and stuff is like common for people who've experienced traumatic anything. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, I'm I'm gonna chalk this one up to it's probably not aliens. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, something probably happened, but probably not aliens. Yeah. Do I wish them well? Yes, one hundred percent. Do I think that mm-hmm. it was little gray men? No. Probably no. Yeah. I would have to agree with you. Okay. So, we've had our first two stories. Mm-hmm. So, why don't we take a break and go to a fun new segment that Ryan's prepared for us um, that we're calling Cameo Oh No? <laughs> And you have to say it like that, <laughs> like it's a question. Cameo. Sure about... <laughs> oh no. Cameo. Oh no. <laughs> All right. That's probably somebody's probably already has that as a segment name. Probably. Hi, welcome to Cameo. Oh no. <laughs> Cameo. No. A segment of the podcast where uh, Ryan asks. Matthew about celebrities whether they're on cameo and if they are how much does it cost to get a video so cameo (laughs) has quickly become one of my favorite like mini obsessions like I think that it's really fascinating um I learned about cameo because my boss got me and my coworker one as like a thank you for our hard work um from Oscar Nunez (laughs) my boss loves the office and it's very funny to me Uh, (laughs) is your boss me in high school (laughs) (laughs) calling it back (laughs) um but my boss absolutely loves the office and it has actually made me like hold the office a little bit fonder because i know how much she appreciates it and cameo is basically you're able to like reach out to celebrities who are, it's a website and you can reach out to celebrities and request that they make like a little short, probably like 30 second to three minute video. Like a vine, a vine length video. <laughs> probably longer because a vine is six seconds and doesn't quite fit in those parameters I said. Six seconds Yeah, seems too short for vines, but... It's also been a minute since I've seen Vines, so. Yeah, I think that was, like, the whole thing. I think that later on that you could have longer, but I think they started out as, like, six-second videos. So more of a quibby. More of a what? 
Quibby. There we go. Yes, a Quibby. <laughs> that very relevant thing that is still around <laughs> after less than a year. Um, but you can like reach out to these celebrities and have them make a video. The video that we got was like thanking us for our work. And then he did like a, his weird, not weird. He was a lovely person and it was very nice getting to see from, like see him talk about us. Um, but he did like that Southern accent from that, <laughs> that one episode. The murder mystery episode. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was fun. It was really cute. It was very sweet. It was a very nice gesture. And I really did appreciate it. Like it, it made my day really nice. Like I sent it to several people. I was like, Hey, this is kind of funny. Watch this. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it's like a website where you can like reach out to celebrities and like have them like wish your friend happy birthday or, uh, whatever. So I have picked a few celebrities and I'm going to see first if they are on cameo or not. And then if they are on cameo, how much does it cost to get them to say to you, (laughs) to say thanks to you? Um, I'm very excited about this. (laughs) I I hope so. I picked some good ones. Um, So we're going to start off with like the alien theme and we're going to go David Duchovny. Is he on Cameo? Um, I'm going to say no. And you would be right. He's he's not on Cameo. We're starting out with with kind of an easy one. Um, He is not on Cameo. But if he was on Cameo, what do you think he would be set at? Um, for David Duchovny, I would say that he would probably be closer to, uh, $500. The weird thing is, in my head, I was like, $500 seems right. (laughs) So that's, that's the truth. (laughs) We're sticking to it. Yes. Um, okay, so next up, I'm going to have beloved actor LeVar Burton. Mr. Commander Jordy LaForge himself. Is he on Cameo? I say yes, he is on Cameo. He is on Cameo. How much does it cost? (laughs) How much do you have to pay to get Mr. LeVar Burton? So, okay. LeVar Burton. I feel like he loves his fans. He wants to be... um, not approachable. That's not the word I'm looking for. Uh, accessible. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing it's on the lower end, but I don't know what that means for cameo. <laughs> I have no reference for the pricing, and I'm pretty sure they set their own prices. Don't they, they do. That is something that like is the celebrity set their own prices, and so you can kind of see who thinks a lot of themselves. Yes. So, I'm gonna say. I will say he's not on the lower end. I will give you that hint. He is not on. He is. That is surprising to yeah. me. Yeah. Okay, so. The real question is do I think LeVar Burton saying words to me would cost more than hypothetically David Duchovny saying words to me? That's an interesting question. And I'm gonna say yes. Hmm. <laughs> so. Final answer, seven fifty. Nope, it's you're three hundred off. 
It's four fifty for Mr. Lavar Burton, oh. which honestly is a so- deal. Um, okay, so next up, we are going to go with Miss Felicia Day. I'm trying to do kind of like a sci-fi-ish theme. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is she on Cameo? I'm going to say yes. This seems like something Felicia Day would, would do in a heartbeat. Felicia Day is on Cameo. How much does it cost for Miss Felicia Day to chat with you? Okay, so the big question is, does Felicia Day value herself more than LeVar Burton does? That is... I'm gonna say she does. Mm. I'm gonna say 500, because I feel like she is on par with David Duchovny. It is not 500. It only... Yeah, no. No? No, less. Do you want to try and guess again? I would say that she's on the lower range. 180? Less. How much? <laughs> it only, for Miss Felicia Day to send you a personalized video through Cameo, it only costs $100. Which I think is lovely. Yeah, that seems fair and reasonable. Yeah, and I feel like she's a very sweet person. Mm-hmm. Also, I forgot, because I'm going to bring up another Buffy character, I forgot she was on Buffy. I also didn't realize she was on the magicians, so that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she's on Eureka, and I feel like these celebrities should appreciate because, like, this is free publicity for them. <laughs> and the four people it's, that it's live. better than free publicity—they're getting paid for it. That, well, I was talking about us well, explaining okay, here. that the service is I, I get you now. available. I'm on the same page now. Um, let's see. I don't know if you'll know who this is, but it's funny. To, not funny. Like, I, celebrities Just, need to... It's interesting to me. Do you know who Sarah Paxton is? Yes. Halloween Town 3. Right? I believe, yes. She's she's second Marnie. I think that's the I other I think Paxton. she had, like, a little... She's been on a lot. I did not realize that. Was she in a lot of, like, Disney Channel stuff? She, I'm not seeing... Oh, Who am I thinking of? Sarah Paxton. There's a different Paxton sister, but I don't remember... Bill Paxton. <laughs> no, <laughs> I guarantee it wasn't <laughs> From <Bill> Twister. <laughs> R.I.P. She was in some Disney Channel stuff. She was in Lizzie McGuire for a couple episodes. Maybe just one. Um, She was also in... Uh, Aquamarine in two thousand the, the hit two thousand six movie Aquamarine. Mm-hmm. Vaguely remember it. No, wait, I'm thinking of H two O. It's a similar. It's the same movie. It's a similar concept, I will say. Um, is she on cameo? I think I kind of gave it away. Yes. <laughs> okay. How much do you think it costs for Miss Sarah Paxton to speak with you? She is. On the low end. Okay. So. I'm going to say that Sarah Paxton, star of Twister. (laughs) Wait, no, that's Bill Paxton. Um, (laughs) Sarah Paxton costs about $248. Okay, you're not close, but you got 
a digit correct in the correct place. Do you want to try again? 140. Try one more time. 340? Yeah, $40, and you can get Miss Sarah Paxton to send you a video. That seems reasonable. That does seem very reasonable. See, I was expecting, like, somebody to be like, I don't know, I'm worth $3,000. <laughs> Uh, well, I, I would like to, to talk about this next one. Um, Justin Timberlake. Is Justin Timberlake on Cameo? This, we've gone past the I'm going to assume sci-fi. yes. <laughs> You're going to say what? Yes. Uh, no, but a Justin Timberlake impersonator is. How Ooh. much does the impersonator cost? 25 grand. No. <laughs> No, he is he is on the lower end, but he costs more than it should. <laughs> several of the celebrities that I five twenty five. No, like lower, like lower end, but more than three thirty. Lower end, but more than Sarah Paxton. <laughs> more than forty dollars. Uh, that's that's. More than I would pay for a Justin Timberlake impersonator. Um, one sixty-two. <laughs> okay, uh, eighty dollars. It costs eighty dollars for a Justin Timberlake impressionist, which is interesting to me. I need to quit saying funny because this is people's livelihood. Like this is interesting. Um. Okay. Kind of back in the fantasy sci-fi realm. Is Mr. Sean Astin? Oh, that's gonna be that's gonna be one of your your uh, top shelf <laughs> cameo celebrities right there. He's gonna be more than forty dollars. I'm guessing he is on cameo. He he is on cameo. Yes. Okay. And I so, want to see the threshold now because I like the the most they can like the highest. Okay, um, I'm going to go to the restroom real quick while I think about this. Okay, let's take a break for Hydration Station, then we'll come back to Cameo. It's a segment within a segment. Are we in Inception segments? <laughs> <laughs> buckle up, everybody. This is going to be more buckle wild than the time we went to Hydration Station three times in an episode. <laughs> Welcome to Hydration Station, the part of the podcast where we determine that it, we really should take a drink of water and hydrate ourselves. Okay, and that was Hydration Station. That was Hydration Station. We did a great job during Hydration Station. Look at us. All right. Now back to Cameo No. Cameo No. Uh, we were talking about Mr. Sean Astin. We learned that mm-hmm. he is on Cameo. How much does it cost for Mr. Astin to speak to you? Okay, I'm gonna, I'm going to uh, call upon the heart of the cards, mm-hmm. and I'm going to say that Sean Astin costs. <sighs> this is after Stranger Things season two. Yeah. So that's gonna let me. Do you want me to give you, like, the top cap of celebrities I was able to find? Like, the most expensive celebrity? So you know, like, mm-hmm. so the I have total like a range. range. The most expensive celebrity 
is that I saw within a few minutes is Caitlyn Jenner. Okay. At twenty five hundred dollars per video. Twenty five hundred dollars. Okay. Okay. So on the range of Caitlyn Jenner to Sarah Paxton, I think John Aston is nine twenty five. No. You got the no- the the numbers. All the digits are correct, but not in that order. All the digits. Nine fifty-two. No. No. That would be such a waste. Five twenty-nine. Uh uh-uh. uh. Five ninety-two. No. Two fifty-nine. Flip the yeah. 90, 295. 295 for Mr. Sean Aston. That seems shockingly low. So one thing I've noticed that you have to consider is it's not necessarily how much we view the actors, it's how the actors view themselves. Sean Aston seems Sean like a Astin. pretty nice guy. So they would probably try to make it more accessible to reach the fans that they need. Okay. He has all that Lord of the Rings money. He doesn't need this money. <laughs> yeah, and I actually, because I looked up, um, when I saw Felicia Day, I was like, oh, I wonder if, like, the Green Brothers are available, because, like, they had, like, a similar they're, they're bit very... for a while. Uh, mm-hmm. The Green Brothers are not on, well, Hank is technically on Cameo. He did it for a while, but all of his proceeds, like, went to, like, organizations. It's like, he oh. would donate any money that he made from... The personalized videos. Are you there? Yep. Oh, all of his proceeds. He would donate all of his oh, proceeds to. Oh. <laughs> yes. Yeah, to charity. Yeah, Hank, right. <laughs> Hank Green donates all of his proceeds to charity. Um, I don't know what other celebrities are doing with it, but he is not available all the time. But I assume that he has times where he does more focused on like, it's like they do like Project for Awesome and stuff like that. I'm sure, like, that's when he's mm-hmm. coming on to, like, raise money for different causes that he deems yeah. it. Um, so, yeah, Sean Aston is two ninety five. Okay, so I brought this one up to you, so you do know that they are in cameo. I just want to see if you can remember. James Marsters, who played um, Spike in Buffy and Angel, and he's currently in The Runaways, so you might have seen him in that. I don't know if you watched that. Oh, he is in that. I do. I've seen season one of that. Ooh. Yeah. So how much does Mr. James Marsters cost? How much does it cost to talk to Mr. James Marsters? Was it $30? Up just a little 30, bit. 30, 35? 40? 50? There we go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, $50. And then let me see the ones that I... This will be a good one to end it on. I could go for, I could look for hours on Cameo. I think it's so interesting who's on here. Like you can have Dead Mouse talk to you, but let's end, let's end on like a positive, amazing note. Um, okay. Mr. Dulé Hill. Ooh. Is he on oh. Cameo? There's no amount of money I would not pay <laughs> a Cameo from Dulé Hill. Um, but let's see. So, 
Let me think about this. He was in Psych. He was in Holes. He was on the West Wing, I think. Um, he was. So those are his three main fan bases. <laughs> he was also in Suits and Ballers, which have very extensive fan bases, I've learned. The fact that he was on Ballers kind of makes me sad, but... <laughs> <laughs> Suits makes sense, because that was USA. Yes. Um, so on the scale of, which is a weird scale I never thought would exist, Sarah Paxton to Caitlyn Jenner, where does... The, 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 the Paxton-Jenner scale. <laughs> where does Dulé Hill land? My heart says that he is a is an expensive one. But my gut says he's on the lower end. He is on the lower end. I will get it under okay. five hundred dollars. Under five hundred. Dule Hill. Dule Hill. Costs to have a cameo made from one thirty-five. Uh, he costs a little bit more than that. I'll give you one more guess. One. 50. Okay, we have different concepts of a little bit. He costs three forty nine for him to <laughs> for him to speak to you. Um, I also, whenever we bring this back, um, we might. Uh, he is a very handsome man. I know. Um, <laughs> we probably should um, start looking into the reviews because there are a lot of them, and I'm pretty sure they're all five stars. <laughs> yeah, to say what's. Just hit me with one of Dulé's. Oh, I just accidentally. Wait, I I learned how to fix that. Never mind. (laughs) Uh, Dulé, this was pure genius and the perfect gift for my baby girl. She was over the moon and extremely excited with how many times you said, suck it. (laughs) Thank you so much for making my little girl's day. And doing this video in character. Also, thank you so much for your inspiring words and words of wisdom, which are so very important for a teenager to hear. Best of luck to you and your future projects. I am eternally grateful, Kevin. I just love the idea of Dulé Hill, like, giving some heartfelt, like, wisdom and uh, just being a sweet man and then yelling, suck it! (laughs) (laughs) And underneath... His, I don't know, I didn't think to look for other, under other celebrities. It does have, like, a little flag that says U.S. Hunger Relief Organization. So I wonder if he gives, like, part or if he does the proceeds for that. Mm-hmm. Um, that would, that would make sense. Yeah, I didn't see that under every celebrity, and I don't remember seeing it. I'm not saying the other celebrities don't have that. I just didn't think just to look for it until it. this moment. Okay, yeah. Um, but that was Cammy. Oh no! <laughs> Cammy, oh no! <laughs> and I look forward to I doing that in the future. <laughs> Jinx. Yeah, me too. That was good. <laughs> that was like 30 minutes. <laughs> just feeling good about i feel pretty good after the cameo now i think that that was a good i feel like i feel like doing 30 minutes of aliens is keeping on brand (laughs) with our ability to talk about (laughs) cryptids and stuff so i feel like that's a good place to end the episode sorry about sorry about uh gaslighting you at the beginning saying there were 
Did I say there would be four? I think so, but it's fine. I don't know. Like two people it's listen fine. to this. It's chill. <laughs> we're we're we grew as humans in this hour or so. And honestly, like where... I feel like we learned more about celebrities than we did about aliens, which I feel like is on brand for us. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But really, is there that much more we can learn about aliens? Not really. Also, we do say at the beginning that we try to be succinct. So, like, I feel like cutting it in half <laughs> from what we had planned. That's as succinct mm-hmm. as it gets, bud. <laughs> I mean, we could always do, like, a two-parter. We could. We could. The next episode is half aliens, half camera <laughs> But we have to do. We have to switch it. It has to be cameo than aliens. Okay, so this is a two part. This is a two parter. So do we do, do we do the normal end then, or do we just you know hard cut? <laughs> maybe not a hard cut, but maybe uh, we'll see you next week. We'll see you next time. Next week. Yeah, I was about to say don't don't do next week because <laughs> that's that's too many episodes. <laughs> we'll see you next time. But yeah, I think yeah. we need to find some. Like, I don't. It doesn't. It doesn't feel right. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Can you make some like cool alieny music quickly, or is that too much to ask in such a quick turnaround? I can just mess with my synthesizer and see what happens. <laughs> Would you be up for that? Sure. What the fellow tells us about 45 seconds ago, photonic fields around the spaceship Alpha 2 came into collision with the asteroid. No, it seemed to be a approaching thing. Oh. It felt weird just ending, like just having it end. Yeah. I don't know. We'll